Hi, welcome to Fill the Boot. I'm Lance, and today I want to talk about why angel investors insist on you quitting your job before they'll invest. Some of the companies that I advise are very early stage startups. They're certainly pre-revenue and generally pre-any outside investment. They might have a little bit of friends and family money in. And one of the topics that we discuss is often, when are they ready for investment? Unfortunately, one of the key drivers of that is often, when are they ready to quit their day job and go all in on the business? And this is a really tricky ask. Understandably, many founders are reluctant to quit their day jobs while their startup is so early stage and the business is so risky. They feel, probably correctly, that a lot of the work they need to do at this point they can do in their spare time. Sure, it might mean the company would grow a little slower, but why do they have to quit their job before they've proved things out? Fundamentally, they don't want to jump out of a plane without a parachute. They want to know that they've got something there before they cut that lifeline. They don't want to burn their bridges behind them. But from an investor's perspective, that is unfortunately exactly what we want you to do. First off, time is always the enemy. We know that you've got competitors. We know that business situations change. We want you to be executing as fast as possible. And so while it might be possible for you to build the business in your spare time, you're going to do so much more quickly if you're 100% devoted to it. Just like Caesar burned the bridges behind his armies so they couldn't retreat from the upcoming battle, investors want to make sure that you don't have a safe place to go away from the business they're investing in. They want to make sure that you are committed to that and you don't really have a plan B. You can't just bail out at the first sign of trouble. We want to know that you'll do absolutely everything you possibly can to make that business a success, even in the really tough times. Now we know we're asking founders to take a big risk here. In many cases, they may be married, have kids, getting ready for college. They've got mortgages. There's a lot of commitments they have, things that they're putting at risk when they quit that day job and go all in on the business. But we have to know that you'll stick it out because once we give you the money, we have made the commitment. We don't have a plan B on that investment. Whereas the founder, if he still has that day job or some kind of retreat capability, does have that ability. And so making that jump signals to the investor that you're as committed to the business as you're asking us to be. Unfortunately, this is really difficult advice for me to give many of these startups. It puts me in an awkward ethical situation because I know in many cases, from a personal financial point of view, it's terrible advice. Startups are very risky. The chances of failure are very high. They're very long-term bets. You're probably going to be taking a huge pay cut even when the company can afford to pay you anything at all. It will be years before you're seeing substantial paychecks or some kind of an exit which would really return all of that back to you with interest. So if I'm just thinking about the founder from a pure financial advice perspective, I'm going to say every time you probably shouldn't be a founder. Stick with a good business, stick with a good paycheck, it's a guaranteed thing. But these people are desperate to be founders. They've got a big idea, they've got a dream that they want to fulfill. And so if they want to go that way, if they want to be an entrepreneur and start a company, I have to tell them the hard truth, which is they're not going to get investment 
unless they're all in. Now, there are many kinds of businesses that can be started without outside investment, that can be purely bootstrapped. And in those cases, you can, maybe you should, stay employed while you're getting things off the ground until you've managed to risk reduce things as much as possible. But as soon as you're looking for that outside investment, that's when we expect the full commitment. And so for your own peace of mind, I encourage entrepreneurs to do as much of that risk reduction as they possibly can before they have to ask for outside funding. See what kind of experiments can you do, prototype your solutions, do surveys of the market. Make sure that all the information you can find confirms your theory about how your business will work. So the chances of it going sideways once you start it are as small as possible. Now, of course, we all know as soon as you start running the business, you'll immediately discover all kinds of assumptions were wrong. But the more you can reduce the risk, the more you can reduce the uncertainty around the business, the safer you are in making that leap out into the unknown and cutting the ties to your safe retreat and going all in on the business. And this is part of the reason why most founders tend to be young and tend to come from families with at least some level of money. So they're not going to be immediately on the street if something goes wrong. In fact, I remember having exactly this conversation with my wife when I was looking at founding Anonymizer. And we went out on the back deck and talked. I said, okay, we're both grad students at this point. We're both basically penniless. So we personally have nothing to lose financially. We don't own a house. We barely own anything at all. We are impoverished grad students. And so that can't go much worse. We were at the time renting a house from my parents. And so I thought it was pretty unlikely that we'd get evicted and put on the street if we couldn't make rent. So the worst case scenario didn't involve homelessness. And I was a grad student at the time. I was gonna put my PhD on hold, but that's something that within a few years really is very easy to pick up again. So if I went in 100% on the business and things went really badly, the worst case was maybe I declare personal bankruptcy, I miss a couple of rent payments to my parents, and I go back to grad school and get my PhD and go on and get a normal job. Right? That was my worst case scenario. And we decided, Ah, that was actually pretty manageable. That's not a terrible outcome. I can live with that. So if things go wrong, I'm okay. I have a plan B. And that gave me the confidence to go all in. But if I was in a scenario where I've got a huge mortgage, I've got expenses, maybe health issues, family, kids, commitments, I'm trying to save for retirement, how willing am I then to go all in, to start burning my retirement savings for the mortgage as the company's growing to a point where it could actually afford to pay me anything? That's a much scarier prospect to be going into than for the young people. So unsurprisingly, you typically see founders being young people who have access to a little bit of startup money uh, and are in some way in a situation where they can afford to take that hit. They don't have the big commitments. It isn't fair, but it's the reality. Unfortunately, many of the people with the best startup ideas are exactly those people with the most at risk. They've been in the industry for years. They know the problems. They know the space. They've got the right connections. Those are the perfect entrepreneurs, but they also have the most to lose. And it can be a very scary prospect for them. So I always feel conflicted when I'm talking to these people. And I kind of wear two hats. I say, on the one hand, as a person, I really can't tell you to go jump off the bridge. That's a pretty scary thing to do. But 
as an investor talking to you about what other investors are going to want and need and require, they're going to ask you to jump off that bridge. And so you need to do some real soul searching. Not a question I can answer for anyone, but something I want to make really clear and unvarnished. This should never be a situation where we're going in with rose-tinted glasses. You want to be very realistic about that risk that you really are taking because the statistics aren't great. Right? Most startups fail and you need to make sure you can handle that situation if it comes to it. So do what you can before you take outside investment to reduce the risk as much as possible. Look at your situation, make sure you can support yourself, not end up on the street if things don't go well, and then decide how much is it worth to you to pursue this dream. The upside is fantastic, but it's a long, difficult, treacherous road. I wish you luck, whichever decision you make. Thanks for listening to this episode of Feel the Boot. I hope you found it useful and interesting, and if so, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. I also encourage you to check out our website at feeltheboot.com and our Feel the Boot YouTube channel with video versions of these podcasts. Finally, I would really appreciate it if you would share this information with other entrepreneurs. I'm trying to help as many people as possible. Till next time, ciao.